Welcome back, everyone, to We'd Like to Talk for a special episode. Here we are at the end of February, end of Black History Month, and we have a special episode for you. I'm Hal, and here's my pal. Jamal. <laughs> and we're back to talk about weed. Today we put together an episode with an interview with the CEO of Elevate Cannabis. He is the youngest Black man to own a dispensary, which is really awesome. His name is Shaywoon Adedeji. <laughs> yeah, I think that's right. Okay, well, I just don't want to embarrass myself. <clears throat> that's all I do um, on podcast is embarrass myself. <laughs> fair, same. <laughs> Today we had a really great conversation with Shaywoon, uh, who owns Elevate Cannabis, and we sat and caught up with him as he joins us from Dallas, Texas, post-snowstorm, and we learned about cannabis, and we also learned about assets and collateral, is that what it was? Liabilities. Um, liabilities. Li yes, he gave us a strong lesson. <laughs> about assets and liabilities. And right after our interview with Shaywoon, we're going to go directly into some voice messages that we received as part of our uh, push for an episode called We'd Like to Listen. And our goal was to collect stories from professionals in cannabis um, ab about Black history or about you know, things in their life that they enjoy. And so we thank you so much to everybody who participated and who sent us their stories. Uh, we actually always have a link on our um, anchor.fm page. So if you ever want to leave us a voice message, please feel free to. Um, this was definitely not the last time we'll be using that feature. So I hope you enjoy. What's up, Hello. How's it going? Hey, going great. Going great. How you doing? Good. Doing well. That's great. That's great. I'm uh, out here in Dallas walking around right now. How's oh, nice. How is it? it? It is better. It is better. It is not as, uh, yeah, it's better. I yeah. love uh, <laughs> Last week was not fun at all. Uh, we had a uh, winter storm. And um, due to the winter storm, electricities were gone. Water was gone. It, it felt like a third world world out here. But things are normalizing. Everything is good now. Oh, good. Good. How long have you been down in Texas? Just wondering. Uh, it, it's going on, uh, I, I'll say, four months now. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I, I love the new hairstyle. You're crushing it. You're crushing Thank it. You. I, I see you, man. <laughs> <laughs> I Thank you. That. I was going to say the same thing. It's funny because I was thinking, I think the first time I spoke to you was in 2019. You had just moved, I think, over to, to Illinois or to Massachusetts. Yeah, it's just amazing to see where you're at now and what you're doing. It's awesome. Hey, yeah, for sure. Thank you. Thank you. First, let me introduce Haley. Haley is our um, graphic designer and she works... <laughs> Closely with me, we're the only two people in marketing. And so we put together the podcast to start talking to all of the people that Blackbird has worked with and met throughout our years and just get to explore different parts of cannabis. So yeah, it's super nice to meet you. I've I've been looking forward to it. All right, Shaywin, introduce yourself to our listeners and let them know who you are and who Elevate Cannabis is. Uh, my name is Sherwin Data G. I'm the founder and CEO of Elevate Cannabis. We're a multi-state operator with locations in Oregon and Massachusetts. And uh, we have applications pending right now in Illinois. Um, and I'm known as the youngest African-American man in the United States to open up a retail dispensary and to be a multi-state operator. That's amazing. Hell that's, yeah. That's Congratulations. Awesome. Thank you. 
So how old were you and, and where was the location, the first location that you opened? Yeah, I, I started when I was uh, 21, started the process, but I opened my first shop to go through the state process. It took us, I got rejected for like two years. Uh, when I turned 23 was when we finally got the ability to open my first shop. Um, and I told, I, I called myself the COE, the chief of everything, uh, because I legitly did everything. I was my attorney. I was my butt tender, janitor, whatever wow. I needed for my company to succeed. I did it. Um, and due to the lack of capital that, you know, minorities and POCs are not able to obtain um, in a regular industry, especially a cannabis industry, which is federally illegal, um, I had to really get scrappy. So I started with $50,000. I slept in my shop for a year, worked 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. and got really scrappy and we just made it happen. That's amazing. That's amazing. What were, what were you doing before cannabis? Yeah, I, uh, I was a... Um, uh, I was a marketing uh, manager for a big corporation. Um, so I ran like uh, places like Spokane, uh, Spokane Valley for uh, Sprint, actually. Um, I, I ran their whole uh, Sprint within Radio Shack, um, that division of it. Once Radio Shack was going out of business, we tried to uh, really expand and we saw an opportunity to uh, basically take on 30% of the responsibility and lease um, and different things that Radio Shack was going through. And we took 30% of their storefronts and we turned it into Sprint within a Radio Shack. So I oversaw the construction of that wow. and the development of that too. That's awesome. That's that's some intense experience early Yeah, on. it sounds like a big project. Oh man, it was huge. It was huge. I had a lot of fun. I learned a lot, made a lot of mistakes, but it gave me the grit to know that I can do it and I could build a business. <laughs> That's awesome. So what was that that shift like? Like what got you into cannabis and, and what provided that kind of entry point for you? Um, I think the biggest thing for me was uh, the lack of social justice within the industry, the lack of minority participation, and also the opportunity to really create generational wealth, not just for me, but for other people that have been disadvantaged um, uh, due to lack of capital or just because of life situation. I wanted to be this uh, I guess this beacon of hope um, to show people that it is possible. Let's get fucking scrappy and let's make our dreams come true. Whatever it might be, duct tape and everything, be a pirate, right? Um, who cares? As long as you get it done, who cares how you get it done as long as it happens um, and you do it with integrity and great people that you like and vibrate with. Um, I think that that's, that's it. That's what I wanted to do. And that's what I set out to do. And, uh, and I think we're accomplishing that um, every single day um, with just the articles that are coming out with the people learning about the story. I think a lot of people are being motivated is pushing um, their, their, their thought process on, you don't need capital. You just need a better plan. Um, so, yeah. That's amazing. And yeah. I want to say congratulations because you said you wanted to be a beacon of hope and you absolutely have done that. Your name has spread far across the industry for exactly that. So congratulations. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. It's really cool to watch you from afar and just kind of see the work you're doing and being someone doing it so young and it's really, really inspiring. So thank you. Thank you guys. I appreciate that. Really. Yeah. And, and to be honest you're so real that's really what struck me and i don't know if, if 
Yeah, it just when I met you, I was so nervous about speaking to you. You, I had built up in my head that like I don't know, he's such a business person. I don't know what like, but I met you and it was like you were there. You were very present and just like you are now, just being yourself. And I think that that is a quality that I have found it few and far between people holding that onto that. Yeah, I, I think when people start a business, they they forget their why. Um, it's not, you know, we're not, we should not be enslaved to money. Money is a tool set. People are worth uh, is what is valuable. The com the community, the people you surround yourself with, and and building something great. Um, I think that's what makes business so fun, right? Uh, getting to work with like-minded individuals, getting scrappy is an adventure. Um, so I I become real because. The only way I can lead um, with integrity is by being honest and, and being forthcoming um, and just and, and showing people that it's OK to make mistakes because I make a ton of them. Um, I, I, you know, and I, I think sometimes everyone has this perfection of someone that succeeded or becomes a multimillion near. They feel like they they just oh man, they're human beings just like you and me. I, I make mistakes. I, I fall in love. I get heartbroken. I've broken hearts. All that shit that we all go through in life. And, you know, that's it. You know, we're humans. So I, I try to bring that human component to this big corporation where everybody's acting like they're better than, but we're humans. Right. It's, it's amazing. And it's really, it's powerful to see you in a room too, because even when I saw you, it was MJ BizCon, but you command attention and it is <laughs> deserved. Thank you. I have a question about Elevate. Because I've never been into one of your locations, could you give us like the rundown of what, what makes it different from other dispensaries? I see on your Twitter, it talks about chill beats in the space. Like, I want to know more about that. <laughs> Hey man, I, I love dancing. I, I turn up. I, I'll start being an Elevate CEO. I love good music. I, I love just enjoying good, good vibration, good energy. Um, outside of just the music, we treat everyone like gold. Um, so it doesn't matter where you come from. I give, I, I don't care if you're black, purple, blue, religious, not religious, Christian, Buddhist. It doesn't matter. When you walk into our space, our job is to treat you like gold. Our job is to seek first to understand it, to be understood. Um, and the biggest thing for us is we're trying to provide service. You know, we're, it's an honor that you come into our store. You could go to anywhere else, but you're spending your hard earned money in our dispensary, in our shop, you know, and, and we take, we, we, we look at that and we want to make sure we provide you with the best medication that you need to solve whatever problem you need to solve. Awesome. Uh, it sounds like the perfect place to be, honestly. And you've got, I love that you appreciate that people who are spending their hard-earned money at your your spot and you want to give them a, a nice experience. Absolutely. Sorry, my dog's growling in the background. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. I got trucks, trains, everything <laughs> here. So I cannot complain <laughs> at all. Actually, the three of us are all first-generation Americans. And, you know, something that is just kind of difficult is there's always, for me, at least this barrier, like my family knows what I do, my immediate family knows what I do, but I have all these cousins and aunts and uncles who have no idea. And not that it's, you know, important, but has that been difficult for you to navigate? Like, is your how is your family and what you do? You know, my, my family, if they're in support, I'm, I've always been the black sheep in my family. So when I see something and it right and wrong, right? If it's right, it's right. If it's wrong, it's wrong, period. There's no justification. There's no in between. 
Um, so for me, it was like the cannabis industry is legal, but in the states I operate in, it's right. You know, this is a new emerging industry. Regardless how they feel about it, it doesn't hurt my feeling. I, I think that everyone is entitled to their uh, rights to express themselves and feel the way they need to feel. But at the end of the day, it's not it, I, the that's how I pay my bills. I respect how they pay their bills. I don't judge. So um, my philosophy is, hey, this pays my bill. I love you. Um, if you got a problem, if you could pay my bills, <laughs> more than happy to pay my bills, I am with you. You can run my corporate. If you can get me the same value and, and, and I'm satisfied and you pay all my bills, my like, travel expense, whatever. Hey, yeah. look, then you have a say. Until then, <laughs> I'm not sure. I, I don't care how you feel. Like, what does they have to do with me? Like, yeah i'm sorry so to all the listeners out there it's not it's not that i'm saying don't listen to your parents or anything like that it's like you just got to follow your dream and your passion not everybody's going to see it not everybody's going to understand it and it's not for them to understand i want everyone to understand you have one freaking life you we're all gonna die one day live your best life stop focusing on what mom and dad thinks about you because mom and dad live their life it's time for you to live yours word okay take us to church that's what i'm talking about <laughs> hallelujah <laughs> yeah exactly that's great i feel the same yeah. way and it's i didn't feel the same way at first i think i felt pretty nervous and i had to like really think about it after a while being like why do i care what anybody else thinks i mean about so many things but specifically about this job it's just like i wear it now as a pride flag yes <laughs> Yes, absolutely. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. And, you know, our company is super inclusive. You know, we have women, 90% uh, of our executive team is women. Um, you know, one of my, you know, our top leading, you know, store managers, part of the LGBTQ community, and he's a firecracker. Like, he's a, you hey. know, like, you get what I'm saying? Like, we, we, we. We, we are here and we just, we want to work with great people that see the vision, see the potential and can help us build and grow, you know, and, and that's all it's all about. Definitely. I think that's what keeps a brand real, you know, is like being connected to the people that you're serving, being, being, looking like the people that you're serving and like really responding to community and understanding um, that it isn't all the same people who are in other industries and all the same people who are in other, you know, areas that there's a lot of people who use cannabis for different reasons. And there's a lot of like stories to be told in that. So you've been in cannabis now for a while. <laughs> what do you, what's, what do you think is the biggest difference from when you started in cannabis to where we are now? The evolution, seeing small players turn to big players, seeing that consistency pays off, seeing hard work pay off. You know, I never underestimate anybody, you know, people that you're talking to could be the next multi-state operator in the cannabis space. So I think um, one thing I, I would say for anyone looking to get in or are in, just be kind. Kindness is so powerful. You don't know who the next person sitting next to you. You don't know what connections, relationship they have that you guys could benefit from. Um, and don't be ashamed when you look for win-win situation. Don't try to screw people over. Um, because it comes back and bites you. There's so much money to be made. It's like, let's all like have a win-win. Not saying that there, there's not going to be assholes out there that that's looking to take over and screw people livelihood. Not saying that that's not going to be there. 
but just understanding you as a person, as an individual, understanding who you are and having morals and principles. I think a lot of companies are having morals. They, they understand who they are. They're, they're learning from the past and they're pivoting and they're doing restructuring. But, uh, you know, things are becoming more corporate. Um, you see that before it used to be the wild, wild west back in the days where you just grow, you know, you just have regular growers that, that sold in the street, then turn and start a, a regulated business. But you're seeing big, um, you know, uh, VC, virtual capitalists, you know, people from different um, corporates um, um, organization are actually entering the cannabis industry. So I, I just think it's becoming more professional. What are you excited about for the future of it? Like, what do you see in the next, you know, five to 10 years? Federal legalization. Um, I, I see it happening. Um, I, yeah, within that five, 10 years, federal legalization, I see a lot of big people. There's going to be a lot of M&As um, that takes place. Um, I think I'm more excited and that, that's mergers and acquisition. And I'm just more excited about just the opportunities that I'm seeing more um, PLCs into the cannabis industry. They are entering the cannabis industry. So I want to give a shout out to Massachusetts real quick. Just me pivoting because I see more minorities that are gearing up to get into this emerging market. Definitely. Massachusetts has done, you know, it's not a perfect job, but it shows what conversation and kind of community focus can do the work that um, the, the, what is it, the Massachusetts Cannabis Delivery Association and um, Devin Alexander over at Rolling Relief and just the focus on ownership and inclusion that and showing that it's not a, a closed deal. You know, it's not a done conversation. I think that's really important. I agree. More on the personal side of things, less business talk for a little bit. Are you a cannabis consumer, user, aficionado yourself or are you just in the business of it? Uh, I definitely get elevated. Oh, yeah, for sure. Nice. Um, Is there anything yeah. that you're like brands or products that you're really excited about right now? Uh, elevate. And that <laughs> definitely makes yeah. sense. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Cool. But you're down in Dallas. Like you're, I assume you're not down there because of business because it's not legal there. So are you? No, I have a four year old daughter. And um, so me and my daughter, my daughter lives in, in Texas. So I, I moved back to Texas where my majority of my family is. Mm. So to be closer to my daughter, I am like the goofiest dad ever outside of business. Um, you know, we, we have uh, trampoline practice. We are whatever it's called or gymnastics and legitly I use cannabis and I'm elevated. This is for every father out there. And I jump, I jump in the trampoline. I stretch. I do all the activities while <laughs> all the other fathers are sitting in the bleachers acting like they're too cool. I'm the only dad there jumping and hopping. And, and my daughter is not going to do gymnastics because she's not going to go to the practice unless I do it. So <laughs> I become a gymnastic you know, guy too, even though she doesn't understand that daddy's getting old, like I'm getting old. So the way she can stretch, I can no longer do that. So I'm, I'm sitting there like halfway, um, you know, toe touch and all that stuff. So it's, it's been fun. It's been fun. I'm um, being a father and, and being a CEO. It's uh, it's, it's a blessing. That's amazing. And congrats yeah. on having it. What sounds like a cool relationship with your daughter. That's great. Oh yeah, for sure. We're super goofy. We just be having, I don't know. Like I, I, I finally said no to her recently um, when she wanted to buy something and she looked at me and, and we talked about assets and liability. 
I said, baby, we, you have to understand what assets and liabilities are. And, and, and she always wants a toy. So every time she gets a toy, right? And the thing is, I think she's starting to not understand the value of money and you got to work, you know, no, nothing is given to you. Everything is taken. So early on, I'm trying to teach my daughter value and assets. So I asked her, what's a toy? And she's like, a liability. I said, great job. <laughs> I said, do we want to buy a liability? <laughs> no, we don't. We want assets. I said, princess, oh what's an asset? She said, a toy. I said, no, no, princess. An asset is a house. And the house is, is, is looking at like, you know, things that generate you money. So yeah. we've been at that process and, and she sits there and she said, she said, daddy, like, you never say no to me. I'm like, you know what, princess? We're starting right now. Like, it's starting today. Like, you, it's starting right now. That's amazing. Well, I wonder what's going to happen with, with that knowledge baked into her mind from a young age. She's probably going to financially set for the rest of her life. I didn't get any of those lessons even now. I'm still learning those lessons. <laughs> Writing these down. Yeah, I know. I'm like, keep going. Tell us more about how you parent your four-year-old. <laughs> Take some notes. <laughs> <laughs> I, try, I try my best you know like I, I i do give in at times but you know i try i've been being a father and trying to have that balance is is definitely tricky at times but i'm, I'm really grateful i got support systems and all that good stuff um and um yeah so it's it's a blessing it's a blessing i'm enjoying it that's awesome. awesome how do you how do you stay elevated how, with all of the things you have going on all the changes that you've gone through you know, just in the, that's a short amount of time to go from doing a massive amount of work for Sprint to doing a massive amount of work for yourself and being a very engaged and involved parent. That's a lot. So how do you stay elevated? Um, I, I think, uh, you know, you can't stay positive every single day, but embracing every emotions that you feel and trying to then understand why do you feel these emotions, I think is really crucial. I think a lot of people try to pretend that they don't feel sad or feel depressed or feel this or that. But I think the real question is why? Like, you know, really look within and try to seek first to understand the, 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 the emotions behind it. So I stay elevated by keeping it real with myself. When I need to stop working, I, I stop working. Um, when I need, um, you know, when I need someone to talk to, I reach out to people. Um, so it's important to really know yourself and understand yourself. And, um, and ask for help when you need it. I stay elevated because I know what I'm good at and I know what I'm not good at. And I ask for help when I need it. It's very healthy of you. <laughs> very. Yeah, that's really great. I feel like you could also potentially be a life coach or a business coach or something. I feel like I'm learning from you <laughs> in real time. I love it. I love it. I want to know what the first time smoking weed was like for you. Wow. Okay. I was in middle school. I was in a car with my brother, my older brother, my oldest brother and his friend. And I, they lit up a joint and I'll never forget we're in the car with big swole guys. I'm sitting there, a little squanty guy in middle school. <laughs> Everybody's lighting up smoking. I'm sitting here like, what is this? I was like in sixth or seventh grade. And my older brother's like, Hey, you ever smoke weed? And I wanted to look cool in front of him and his friends. So 
initially my mind just said yes without even thinking about it. I was like, yes, of course I've smoked weed. What kind, what kind of question is that, right? Like, of course I've been smoking weed. So my brothers and his friends like, oh yeah, you know, give my brother, you know, a, a, a hit. So I was like, yeah, for sure. So I, I grabbed the blunt and I just, and like quickly spit, like just blew it out as fast as possible. <laughs> and everybody in the car started cracking up. They started laughing at me. And I was like, what did I just do wrong? And it was like embarrassing. Inside, internally, I started sweating. Like, what is going on? This is embarrassing. Why are they laughing at me? I just hit this joint. And um, so they they looked at me. They was like, you have to hold it. You have to hold it and, and really take, don't waste the weed. I was like, what are they talking about? So I took another hit, a big hit. And I held it in. And all of a sudden, I started coughing <laughs> uncontrollably, thinking I, I was like, I'm going to die. My brother <laughs> just killed me. <laughs> like, that's all I thought about. I was like, this oh is crazy. And I had to, like, roll down the window. I was like, oh, my God, I can't breathe. What is going on? I'm like sitting here in a state of uh, that I've never felt before and um it was good I was in a safe place my brother gave me water food even though they laughed at me while they were doing this <laughs> they said I thought you smoked I was like yeah it was not as strong as yours you know <laughs> turn it into a compliment for him <laughs> <laughs> for sure for sure I, I finally eventually told my brother I never smoked and he was like yeah I knew but you know he did great <laughs> <laughs> oh well that's like that's kind of a fun thing to, for you to have as a memory with your brother even though yeah sure it was great it's like it such was, a classic I, older sibling thing to do to just like laugh and make fun of that kind of process i remember doing that with my little brother too and it's mean but i think it's just <laughs> yeah <laughs> i love that though i'm i'm kind of yeah. jealous that the first time you smoked was a blunt i that wasn't my experience. And I, the device that I first had to smoke out of was so complicated that I didn't get high at all. And I was so embarrassed because I just had no idea what I was doing. And yeah, I would have rather just had something I could have just put my lips on and inhaled. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I really enjoyed this conversation and it was such a pleasure meeting you, Haley. Uh, Jamal, you already know how I feel. I'm good to see you again. See um, you. But you guys stay elevated and have a good one, okay? Hell yeah. Thank, Thank you so much for taking time nice. to talk to us. Hey y'all, I'm Kaylin from Green Thumb EDU, and I'm just so happy to be in the space. I mean, there's only 1% of us, so that means that we have so much to grow and so much to do. And I started this company because of my mom. Like, I watched her come back from her stroke, and I was like, there's no way that this plant can help. And then I started to heal myself, found out that I had PTSD, which most black women do because there's a lot of trauma. Just talk to any hairstylist that you know, and you'll find out how traumatizing <laughs> being a black woman can be. 
So I'm just so grateful because I learned this information. I started to learn from other resources, other places, teach myself, learn from the Knox Docs. And now all I get to do is spread this awareness. I'm at Green Thumb EDU. Our name's changing. Happy to be here. Love ya. Uh, my name is Devin Alexander. I'm a lifelong resident of Quincy, Massachusetts. And we are in the midst of Black History Month right now. My favorite thing about Black History Month is how would it empowers people. A lot of people really take pride in the fact that they're African-American. You know the phrase, Black is beautiful. And a lot of stories get highlighted that some people may have never known before, especially during Black History Month, but they should be widely known throughout the year. Um, for me, one of the most inspiring Black figures through history was uh, Malcolm X, and I, that's my personal opinion. You know, um, He spent some time over here in Massachusetts, um, back out in Roxbury, back when he was just Malcolm Little, and he was a delinquent. He would, would go around robbing people's houses, he would go do drugs, and he would just be a bad person, you know, and that got him locked up in the Charlestown State Prison, which is not around anymore, you know? And that is where Malcolm X, Mal Malcolm Little became Malcolm X in Massachusetts, in Charlestown State Prison, is where he converted to Islam and he became Malcolm X. X, X in mathematics signifies the unknown. So that's why they have unknown because they were taken from Africa and given their slave owner's last name. So that's why Malcolm X goes by Malcolm X, if anybody doesn't know that, you know? so. He goes, he's this prison thug, and then he gets out and he educates himself and he literally becomes one of the greatest orators in time and one of the greatest influence in black American culture at that point in time. Just the things that he would be able to get people to do is just volumes, which goes to show you, you know, um, you can't judge people just on their past alone. You, you don't know what the future may hold. You don't know the potential that they have within themselves. So that really spoke personally to me, you know, because a lot of people looked down on me when I was arrested for minor cannabis possession and said I wasn't gonna go anywhere in life or really do anything. And now I'm the CEO of one of the first marijuana company, delivery companies on the East Coast. So um, Malcolm X is a huge, huge, huge inspiration to me. Highly recommend reading the autobiography of Malcolm X and uh, definitely go watch the movie X starring Denzel Washington. I'm pretty sure it's on HBO Max right now if you have HBO Max. Uh, Denzel should have won an Oscar for it. I don't know why he didn't, but <laughs> that's really, um, yeah, really, just really uh, appreciate everything he's come for me. And I honestly didn't know he was around Roxbury until a couple of years ago. I was like, he was in Massachusetts. I knew he was out in New York doing his thing. But um, the fact that he was, it hits really close to home, the fact that he was still around where I grew up. I do have a funny story that I just blogged about. Um, it's the story of uh, when I was diagnosed with cancer. <laughs> it is funny. Um, and how that was the impetus to come out to my daughters about my cannabis use. They were teenagers at the time. Um, and it's all about me and my girlfriends and a, um, a batch of pot brownies. So if you're interested... And reading about it, you go to my website, thehungrymedium.com, and click on the link that says blog, and um, you'll 
be delighted. It's a really fun story. This is a really cool idea. Cool. All right, you guys, that's going to do it for today's podcast episode called We'd Like to Listen. We're so appreciative of Shaywoon, Kaylin, Devin, and the Hungry Medium taking time out of their lives to share stories with us. And each of you, each of them are doing incredible work in our industry and in our community. And it's awesome to hear from, from different voices. If you want to find more of We'd Like to Talk, find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You can find all of our episodes on our blog called Discover on blackbirdgo.com. And you can find us on Instagram at shopblackbirdgo. We would appreciate you staying up with us. Like and subscribe. Smash that button. You know how it goes. We appreciate all of your support. Thank you so much. And we'll talk to you next time.